Uh, hey, my name is Luke. I'm one of the pastors here, and I want to welcome you. Thanks for coming, especially if this is your first time with us. Thank you for being here. Uh, we just last week finished a study that we did this fall in the book of Revelation, and we were looking these last few weeks all about the Lord's return. And uh, that is what we anticipate when we think about Advent, is that the Lord came once, and he's going to come again. And Advent is really a season where we're trying to prepare ourselves for how do we want to live in light of the reality that Jesus is coming back. And so that's what the next three weeks are going to be as it relates to our preaching uh, ministry on Sundays. And so uh, tonight we have a special message that I think is going to just start to kind of stir up our hearts to think about what is it that the Holy Spirit wants for his people. And then the next two weeks, we're going to look uh, at a couple of messages that I'm titling, We Are Ironwood. Um, perhaps you've heard about the change that we're in the process of making, where we're going from being Redemption Gateway to becoming Ironwood Church. And if that's new to you, essentially what happened is uh, Redemption Church is one church with 10 locations. And uh, now those that one church with 10 locations is becoming 10 distinct churches. And so we're in the process of that. We're going to be called Ironwood Church. And if you go onto our website, uh, you can find more information about how we got there and what that means. But we want to spend a couple weeks looking at that and, and the implications of who we are, and what that means as we approach not just our 15th anniversary in January, uh, but also this uh, significant change in terms of our identity and our name. So that's what we're going to be doing. But tonight, we have the chance to hear from a really special brother in the Lord, Carlos Madrigal. Uh, Carlos uh, is originally from Spain, uh, but pastored for a long time in Turkey. I'll read you his bio here in just a moment. Um, and, uh, you know, part of our Christmas offering this year, a significant part of it is going to go to help bless some persecuted pastors in Turkey. It's legal to be a Christian in Turkey, but it's very difficult. And a lot of the pastors that we support are facing significant persecution. We want to bless them with a portion of our Christmas offering. Well, all those pastors that we're going to bless, they look to Carlos as a mentor. They look to Carlos as a father in the faith. They're really uh, significantly blessed and encouraged and shaped by him. And so we get the privilege of learning from him tonight. Uh, when I was in Turkey, I've been there a number of times over the years. And some years ago, I got to sit with Carlos and, and just ask questions and listen and hear more of his story. And he's a really a treasure of a man. And you're going to be blessed to be able to hear from him uh, tonight. So like I said, he's originally from Spain. He moved to Turkey in 1985. He's been working in evangelism to the Turkish community for the last 40 years. He's overseen 11 church plants and has become one of the leading worldwide experts in evangelizing Muslims. He's published over 30 books. Wow, that's something. He's published over 30 books to serve the small Turkish Christian community. I love that. He's not writing ideas just to be smart and impressive. He's trying to help a young church in Turkey and uh, help meet their needs. He's the founder of the Protestant Church Foundation of Turkey, which is the ministry where Mark and Catherine Burns served for 15 years. Uh, Mark will lead us in communion after the sermon. Um, and that's the ministry, the, Pro Istanbul, uh, Pro or the Protestant Church Foundation of Turkey is also the ministry that our partners are very connected to. So will you give a warm welcome tonight to Carlos Madrigal? Amen. Good to have you here, brother. Um, if you're able to, please stand for the reading of God's word. We're going to read tonight from Acts chapter 13. Uh, what Carlos is going to do is really take us kind of on a tour of all of the book of Acts. Uh, so you might just keep the book of Acts open. But one of the passages that we look at is where some really key people are sent out by the Holy Spirit. It's in Acts chapter 13. It's page 866 if you have one of the Bibles there in the seats. We're going to read verses 1 through 3, and as I read, remember, we're reading God's Word. 
Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. That's the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Thanks, brother. Thank you. So good evening. It's nice to be here with you. And I'm bringing uh, greetings from your fellow brothers and sisters in Turkey. I'm not anymore in Turkey for the reasons that look uh, explained. But, you know, the pandemic opened new windows of communication like Zoom. So uh, I still going forward and back to Turkey through uh, Zoom and internet. And uh, my brothers and sisters in Turkey are really appreciating all your involvement uh, in Turkey. Turkey is the largest unevangelized country in the world. Uh, although, you know, many of the locations you find in Turkey and in the New Testament are in Turkey. It's where the Gentile church started is where missions to other cultures started, is where the fathers of the church uh, start to teach the whole community. But uh, after centuries, almost nothing remains in this country. We went to Turkey in 1985, as Luke mentioned, and we found 30 believers in the whole country among 62 million people. So it's a drop in the ocean. Now, uh, maybe there are about 10,000 believers in the country among four, uh, 84 million people. So still a huge need to work in this country. Legally is open, theoretically is open, but pastors are facing a lot of troubles. Uh, for instance, two, three weeks ago, one uh, pastor was punched when he finished the sermon one young man approached to him and just hit his face. And then the police came and then all the way, uh, all them went to the police station. And three days ago, two young men came and uh, hit the, the door and the windows. And they said, you are uh, Israelis, you know, the problem in Gaza and all those things. So uh, praise the Lord, this brother is really strong in the faith. But uh, uh, it affects of people coming to the church. Where are we uh, going into? So uh, we need all your prayers, and we appreciate them. What I want to share with you today is about the message we find uh, in, the, in the Acts of the Apostles uh, from the Holy Spirit. But when we look to the uh, different channels the Lord used, to talk with us, or to talk to us in, in the book of the Acts, the next slide, uh, we see that he used the angels in one side. Can we go to the next slide, please? Yes, thank you. Then through the scriptures, and then the Holy Spirit is talking directly to people. Then we find how the believers agree in different subjects, like in the Council of Jerusalem, and Jesus appears to some people to tell them, don't uh, be afraid, uh, be, uh, 
courageous, I am with you. So the point is that the Lord likes to talk with the, his people. Does the Lord talk to you? Does the Holy Spirit communicate with you? The first time I went to an evangelical church in Spain, I'm from a Catholic background, it sounds for me very weird or rare to see people with the Bible in their hands saying, the Lord has told me that way, that way, because uh, I, I start to think these people hear voices from somewhere. So I'm, I'm not, I don't know if they are really healthy uh, anyway, but uh, it touched my heart. It is possible that the Lord really wants to communicate with me who I am. Who I am. I am nothing. But my the Lord will like to communicate with me as he did with Abraham or Moses or other people? And the answer is yes. So in the Acts of the Apostles where the church started, he used those different channels. But there are two main ways he used to tell his people in a very clear way what he wanted from us. And this night, this evening, I believe we can, we can apply all those situations to our lives for understanding how the Lord wants us to understand his message. So if we go forward, we'll see in one uh, side what the angels tell people, in the other side what the Holy Spirit tells people. Because both are heavenly and divine messages. But the focus is very different. And we need, we need to distinguish between both, those different focuses. Because it's very important to find a real balance in our Christian life. In the uh, left hand, you see all the uh, interventions of the angels talking with uh, Christians in the beginning. And in the right hand, you see the Holy Spirit sharing his message with the, with the church. And each one of the message has a very, very distinguished particularity. So go forward and then uh, let's compare one by one. You know all those different situations by heart, I know. You know the Bible by heart, so there is no problem to understand the, the differences. But in the first occasion, we find the angels saying, the, the, 12, uh, the, the 120 people that was uh, waiting in the Pentecost day, what are you looking for? Jesus will come this same way to you. You were looking for about the second coming of Jesus Christ those past uh, weeks. So the, the angels, what they are saying to us? The angels are saying, don't worry. The Lord cares for you. The Lord is with you. And even he now is in heaven, he will come back to receive you and to take you in his sight. In the other, land, in the other side, in, in, in uh, chapter 8, we find this scene, you will remember it, where Philip is uh, asked by the Holy Spirit to approach to a chariot, to a, a eunuch, 
and share with him the gospel. But sometimes we uh, try to figure out what was the, the situation, and we don't realize that for Philip, it was a very stressing and challenging petition from, from the Holy Spirit, as well as for the eunuch. First of all, uh, the eunuch was a few days before this, where? In Jerusalem. Doing what? Worshiping the Lord. And why, why the Holy Spirit didn't ask Philip a few days before to go to the Jerusalem where it was a safety place, where it's not dangerous, and share with his eunuch. Instead of that, he waited for a few days when the eunuch was going back to his land and was crossing where? Did you never pay attention where he was? In the Gaza Strip. Did you hear about Gaza those days in the news? So it was a dangerous place as it is today. And probably it was the same place where Jesus put the parable of uh, the Samaritan because it was a, a road with robbers and very dangerous to cross in. Anyway, Philip is approaching this man who was what? A eunuch. Do you know what a eunuch is? You can see there the verse in Deuteronomy is a castrated man. You know what the statement means? So the point is that for Jewish people, it was disgusting to approach these people. And the Holy Spirit is asking him to break all his prejudices to reach one strange that in natural situation never he will care about. And think about this man going between uh, across Gaza, and then uh, a man called Philip is running to him, uh, not knowing what was his intention. So what is the point here? While the angels are saying us, keep calm, the Lord is caring for you, he will come back. The Holy Spirit in the other side is saying us, stand up. Go forward, reach those who may be more difficult for you or uncomfortable for you or where you feel really strange or in danger. Go to these people and share the gospel. If we go forward to the next slide, we'll see again a new situation. In one side, an angel opened the doors of the prison by removing them and said, Come out. What a nice situation. I don't know if you never have been in jail. I hope you don't. Because if you go to jail in the States, I don't think it would be for uh, sane reasons. But you can go to jail. I have been in jail in Turkey for uh, the, the, the sake of the faith. And what wonderful would be if an angel come and open the door. It came as an officer and opened my door, but I saw him as an angel anyway. But in the other, in the other hand, the spirit told him, descend and do not hesitate to join them. Who? This is Peter praying, and then he uh, get hungry. And when he was uh, praying, 
the Lord shows him a, a vision of uh, several animals, dirty animals going down. And the Lord said, kill them and eat. And what? Peter's answer. I never put in my mouth any dirty animal. But the Lord was telling him to do not consider any person dirty because he was preparing him for the new door he was about to open. But who was coming to call for Peter? We might think uh, very smiling people was coming to ask Peter to come with him, but they were sent by Cornelius. Cornelius was a soldier from the Roman Empire, the main enemy of the Jewish people, and probably those were soldiers. It's like if the Hamas soldiers came to you and say, please come with me, I want to say you something. How would you feel about? It's probably how Peter felt about. But the Holy Spirit ensured to clarify to Peter that that was his willing. So if we go forward, we'll see a new situation where an angel appeared to him in the flame of the bush saying, I am who I am. What does means for Moses and for us? I am all you need. I have all the resources. I will be with you. I will protect you. I will equip you. Because the angels are always encouraging us. Maybe you never have seen an, an angel, but you are receiving still this message through the pages of the Bible, the sermons, the books, the brothers and sisters, the answers to the prayers, because it's right, it's true. The Lord is caring for us, take care of us. But on the other hand, what we see, the Spirit says, enter in the, that man's house. Why the Holy Spirit asked Peter to enter to that man's house? Because if the Holy Spirit don't uh, said that, Peter never will enter that house. Why? Because it was the house of a Gentile. It was forbidden for Jewish people to enter the house of a Gentile. But the Holy Spirit is asking Peter to go to the last place, the last place he wanted to go. And uh, when Peter went to Jerusalem to share with people about what happened in Cornelius' house, what the other believers asked him first, why did you enter the house of uncircumcised? It was a scandal for them. It was so shaming. So one time more, the Holy Spirit is putting Peter in a difficult situation because he's asking him to cross some boundaries, to cross some limitations. And the Holy Spirit is asking us the same. And Peter itself, when he started to explain what happened, what he said, you know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with Gentiles. For you and me, it sounds very irrelevant. But for him, that means change the perception, all the perception he has for his entire life 
to take a new worldwide and open his heart to situations that never will he's chosen to be. And that's what the Holy Spirit is ask, asking us to do, to go beyond our prejudices, to go beyond our boundaries, to go beyond expectations, to be ready to cross limits for reaching the unreached people. Next slide, please. An angel said to Cornelius, your prayers have been heard. What nice. Would you like to receive that kind of messages from heaven? Your prayers have been here. But in the other side, we find the spirit with bad news. What kind of spirit is this? Always bringing bad news. Always challenging us. Always asking us to go one step forward. Always saying, don't stay at home relaxed, but stand up and cross all the limits you knew for the past life. There is a new opportunity to go forward. Because in the world we find a lot of disasters, wars, earthquakes, recessions, economical crisis. And the Holy Spirit is asking us to be a provision, a solution for those people suffering around the world. I know you have been helping for the earthquake that shakes Turkey uh, last year and when 3,000 people died in a few seconds. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants us to realize and understand. Next slide, please. An angel said, out with your chains. The door opened by itself. Look what the Holy Spirit is saying. Chains await you. So, which one will you prefer to hear? Which one will you prefer to listen? But what the Lord is trying to say us, I believe, and myself, is because I am taking care of you, because I am your protector, because I am your savior, because I am in control, don't be afraid. And be ready, if necessary, to sacrifice your life, because it won't be in vain. I am with you, and I want to use you for the hope of the nations. But take a step forward and go ahead. In Hebrew, we find the same thing. By faith, some got rid of the sword, but others, by faith, were killed by the sword. Who was a stronger believer? Those who escaped from the sword or those, or those who were killed by the sword? Which one was a stronger believer? Both. In one case, the Lord protect them. In one case, the Lord was glorified by the death of these people. I know this is not a nice message. This is not what we want to hear. But this is what the Holy Spirit wants us to, 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 to listen and to understand. Next slide, please. 
One angel, he has rescued me from the hands of Herod. In the other side, uh, the Holy Spirit prevented Paul and forbade Paul to stay in his home country, in his homeland. Paul was from Asia Minor, and Paul was sharing the gospel with his own, with his own people. And in this case, he was in Troas and thought, I want to go to the Black Sea coast, if you have the map in, in your mind, which uh, is north of Turkey. But the Holy Spirit prevented him to go, put some obstacles. And uh, Paul couldn't go to the Black Sea area. Then Paul thinks, well, uh, the Lord has closed that door, so maybe I need to go to Ephesus. It's like, uh, I wanted to go to Washington, the, the, the doors were closed, so I decided to go to Austin, Texas. But this time, the Holy Spirit uh, tried to make sure that Paul understand the message, and he said he forbade it. To prohibit it something, you have to tell them. To prevent, only you put some obstacles, but to prohibit it something, you have to tell him clearly, I don't want you to go to Ephesus. So Paul stayed in Troas, and that night what happens? He saw in his dreams what a man of Macedonia calling him to cross from one continent to a new continent. A man calling him to go out his country and reach new lands with the good news of the gospel. And that's what the Holy Spirit is waiting from us, is expecting from us to go forward and to be involved in the nations. That doesn't mean that everyone, every single person in this church or in other church has to leave his country to go. But somehow, all we, we need to be involved, and you are engaging the needs of other Christians in difficult lands to be a support, to be an encouragement, to be a blessing for them. Go ahead. An angel was with me saying, fear not. I think you, at that point, you have realized that there is a pattern on what the angel says, and there is a pattern on what the Holy Spirit share as a message. What the Holy Spirit said, the Spirit set apart Barnabas and Saul, have called them to go overseas. There is a situation where Moses was called by God, and Moses said, God, please don't send me, send the right person. And the Lord get angry with Moses. How many people in this world is saying the same? Please don't call me. Call another one. Call the right person. You know who the right person is? You and me. All we need to go. In different levels, of course. That doesn't mean all will package or luggages and uh, go with a plane to Turkey. But somehow, all we need to be involved 
in this uh, business. Next uh, slide, please. So, in one side is the message of the angels. What is that message about? I care for you. I love you. I will provide for you. I will heal you. I will encourage you. I will be alongside with you. Do you like this message? I do. I do. I do. Who doesn't? I like that message. But in the other side, and let me say that more and more around the world, I am seeing the evangelical church in general, generally speaking, more focused on the message of the angels. The only thing we care is, Lord, provide. Lord, help me. Lord, uh, heal me. Lord, encourage me. Lord, will with me. But there is another side of the message. Both are biblical. Both are heavenly. Both are for us. But it's the other side of the message who said, go and reach. He's unique. Go without hesitate. Even it looks very dangerous. A feminist coming. Acknowledge that in the world there are disasters and that we could be part of the solution for them. Set aside people from your church, from your family, or children maybe. He forbade us and prevented us to go. Hear the voice of the Spirit when he said, afflictions await you, and they will arrest you if you go to those places. Now we have policies of uh, if, if there is an accident or if there is a, a situation that we didn't expect, how to go back to the country, how to stay safe. We are always uh, looking for only our safety. And it's good. I'm not telling that it is bad. But the Holy Spirit is asking us to take some risks, to face some challenges and even persecution. And if we do not, Maybe help people who is in this situation. And that is my calling for you today. Be alongside with people who is facing this situation. So we find one message with two sides, like in a coin. There are two sides. One is how the Lord take care of us. And the other is because this, because the Lord is taking care of us, because the Lord is in control, we have nothing to lose when we submit our lives, when we are ready to sacrifice whatever we have, time, money, uh, dreams, uh, opportunities, resources, to help those who are in the front line in this battle. And if we look to the last one, I, I would like to uh, resume what the calling of the Holy Spirit is for all his people. This is not an option. I mean, this is not only for missionaries. This is for all believers. Of course, there will be different levels of involvement for this. But all these seven points is for all us. Go, the first one, go and cross boundaries. Second one. 
overcome all prejudice you have. Third one, send help for the victims of disasters. Fourth one, send members of your church for uh, short trips or long-term trips or for whatever is needed. Fifth one, don't limit yourself to your country. God bless America, yes, but God wants to bless Spain and wants to bless Turkey and want to bless the ends of the earth and wants us to be that blessed somehow. Be ready to suffer hardship if necessary. And the last one, assume the possible risk of persecution. The story, the history of the church is a history of, finish the sentence, persecution. Well, that's good, you are understanding me. <laughs> Two questions, uh, three questions I wanna make to you. Please, next slide. Well, no. Uh, what I'm sharing is about to change our view. To go from a monocular vision where we look only with the eye of the, the eye of the angels to a binocular, next slide, binocular vision where we look both for the message of the Holy Spirit and message of the angels. What happens? I don't know if you never uh, go to this situation. My, my, my little sister, when she was a girl, uh, started to wear some glasses. And the first thing that the doctor made was cover his good eye. For what? Help the other eye to improve, to go forward. And I believe we need for a while to close the eye that only see the message of the angels for what? Focus on the message of the Holy Spirit and find what? A balance. Now, the next one. Three questions. What do we think is the primary mission that the Holy Spirit wants to convey to his people in the church age until the day the Lord returns? Are the churches taking on this vision in its entirety? Two, which message is most heard in our churches? That of the angels, like their angels shall be with you that your foot may not stumble over stone. Or that of the Holy Spirit, when he say, I have set forth the nations for you through many tribulations. Who has more authority, the angels or the Holy Spirit? Which one should eclipse the other? Which message? In case one message needs to overcome the other, which message should eclipse the other? And the third question, what is the motivation for Christian service? That the Lord solve all our problems or that we as agents of his grace and salvation go to solve the problems of the world where it is most needed, assuming the risk and cost that are necessary. So 
just to think about. And please, if you would like to stand up, I want to share with you a last benediction and close this subject. So, I think your English is better than mine, so I would ask you to read all together aloud these words. So, let's go. May... May the Lord bless all you. Thank you.